Hello and welcome to the Living Imperfectly podcast with me, your host, Claire. You're listening to the podcast that provides you with real honest discussions on how embracing imperfection can be a helpful approach to improving our relationship with food, body image, exercise and navigating through our messy lives in general. So let's get started. Today's episode, I am joined by a lovely guest, Katie from West Beach Challenges. Today's episode, we are going to be chatting about letting go of the term skinny. So I'll pass it over to you, Katie, to introduce yourself to our lovely listeners. Oh, hi, Claire. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on your podcast. Yeah, I'm Katie and I am an online fitness and nutrition coach. And my main mission in life is to help women find a pattern of movement, nourishment and training that makes them thrive. And I know we've both been like in the coaching world for quite a long time. And I think initially I started out with a very different idea about how to take people to their happy place. And along the road, I have just realized that I think we have the emphasis the wrong way around. And actually, to find you're happy, we just need to establish this pattern of looking for change from a place of kind of love and not this idea of needing to shrink ourselves or change ourselves or like shame ourselves into change. So that is kind of my mission in life to get people to be thinking about giving themselves superpowers and looking for what they need more of, not less. Oh, I just love that. So I guess we'll get started then. Um, So where do you think that this need for us to be the smallest version of ourselves comes from yeah I mean it's like it's like literally everywhere isn't it and I was I was chatting with Stu who we both know the other day on his podcast about it and I think just on so many levels we are just told particularly as women that the only kind of like aim or like goal or aesthetic that we should be Uh, driven to pursue is this idea of kind of living in these very small bodies and it's both kind of subconsciously around us like how frequently we are praised when we are living in smaller bodies even if it's because maybe we have you know possibly a poor relationship with food or we've had a really stressful time or we've been unwell you know the public perception is oh gosh you look well have you lost weight is almost like the lead on isn't it um and you know you just have to look on instagram you just have to look on the television you just have to watch a film you're not seeing kind of like the the leading ladies living in bigger bodies like there's a very narrow beauty ideal and it isn't really massively expanded on I think maybe there's a little push to have a little bit more representation of women who live in different size bodies and I know when you know you look at some sort of fashion labels and things they are trying to get models who don't just live in these very kind of uh Kate Moss like heroin chic bodies anymore um but there's just on every single level this sort of push no matter where you look for it even watching like kids tv programs you know I was watching something the other day with my kids and again they were talking about you know like someone was being called fat or like it was about food or even comfort eating like someone pouring like cream into their mouth because they were so upset and I was just thinking you know this is on young impressionable minds but the idea that living in a bigger body is 
associated with um, not being a good thing and living in a smaller body is always kind of positively construed as being the the main thing we should all be driven to achieving no matter what. Oh, I totally agree. And I know what you're saying about, like it is from a very young age. And mm. I do think, you know, watching my little girls growing up and you do, you watching these like Disney films and you're like, hmm, all the princesses are very, very slim. They've got tiny little waists. And like, it's little like messaging like that, that is, it doesn't maybe seem harmful or, but it is subliminal. Is that the word? Yeah. Um, and it puts, I think it does put like the pressure on to be the smaller version of yourself. And even if you are in a smaller body, I think that's what is sometimes forgotten about as well. Even it doesn't matter what you, what your body, who you are, there is a pressure to be even smaller. Um, and yeah, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not kind really on ourselves, is it? I don't think you can ever be small enough. And I know you and I yeah. spoke openly when we met. Um, mm-hmm. We met at a brilliant nutrition conference. And, you know, we are both very privileged. We're both living in what would be perceived like externally as small bodies. But we have both lived in smaller bodies and probably maybe unhappier bodies. And even when I was at my smallest, I do remember a drive, quite a strong desire to push it even further and get even smaller and I think sometimes people you know they have it in their heads that they'll reach that magic number on the scales or they'll you know suddenly fit into the genes they've always wanted to and then they'll be enough but actually I think you and I both know I mean maybe for some people it will be and they'll just find they're happy but actually I think so often you don't feel how you think you're going to feel when you meet this kind of arbitrary number on the scale. Actually, you've not done the work on your body image. So actually what you've done in the process of living in the smaller body is you've broken down any natural relationship you've had with food. You've broken down your body image because you've repetitively told yourself that you're not good enough as you are. So you need to kind of under eat to achieve this kind of body ideal. But obviously alongside that, you've probably spent far too much energy kind of cognitive power like all of your creative energies have kind of dissipated because you've just been so intent on living in this tinier body probably like ruined your relationships with your friends your family become a little bit obsessed by it maybe you've kind of like even led your body into not being very healthful because possibly I know for me like I lost my cycle for a little while like my body fat levels were far too low for you know wanting to be like a, a healthy Um, human but yeah still I didn't reach my happy if anything and obviously there is research to back it up engaging in diets if you don't have a good body image and you don't have a good relationship with food engaging in like a restrictive diet or a diet that has only one metric of kind of measuring success which is are you going to be living in a smaller body can really be very very damaging oh god yeah I mean I was, I was very similar to you it to the point yeah lost my cycle and it is that thing of it still isn't enough it's still yeah. not enough like and that need even when you reach to that point I think there's still it's still it's never going to be enough there's always going to be smaller yeah. and 
I mean, from personal experience, like in an athletic point of view, like when you don't have that much energy coming in and you're asking for performance, that is not a good combination. But then you're also getting this extreme amount of praise. Yes. Like, look at you. You're so lean. You're so um you've got great abs I mean I always like joke about like that like oh my god I was like I think I was like 13 percent body fat 14 maybe lost my cycle my running was horrendous like (laughs) awful like the one thing that I actually wanted to do was awful um and it's still I still was thinking I needed to be leaner to be better to be good enough and you're like at what cost does that come at like are you genuinely happy in yourself are you content are you out with your friends and socializing and eating and you know not being consumed by your thoughts about food no you're not when you're in that stage of place yeah and like you know even like that preoccupation of like the numbers of the cat you know to get yourself that lean it's like even if you were eating out socially you're still like clocking it in your head yeah 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 of course you the are numbers I don't think people see that either so when you're looking and I often say this you know you have no idea if you're like on social media or you're seeing someone on the telly you don't know what living in that body is costing that person and you don't know if you know actually with the things that are important to you in life if you would be happy to have the sacrifices that person is having like you just externally see like mm-hmm. a very enviable body you don't know if you actually want to look after that body and I do and this is why like my whole premise when I'm coaching women is let's just reverse engineer it why don't we first just get you consistently imperfectly I love your whole ethos mm-hmm. around perfect action but let's just imperfectly get you consistently looking after yourself better. Can we just see what kind of body works out when you do look for nourishing your body optimally, when you do look for consistent daily movement, when you do look for, you know, actually introducing some regular consistent training, not perfect training, but consistent training. If we could just stabilize those factors for like, say six months, like you will be living in a different body. It's not going to have the um same kind of like buzz as let's lose 10 pounds in like I don't know 10 days or something but actually if you've never been a person who aligns with you know being a person who regularly trains who looks for vegetables at every meal who kind of knows what um protein targets might look like and how that might impact on their appetite and their um satisfaction after meals like if you don't have any of these fundamental principles and you always just strive for fat loss it's like you don't even know how to kind of even get to kind of maybe maintenance you don't even know how to just kind of be consistent enough and turning up enough to have the habits that would eventually hopefully be looking after this dream body. So I often say like, if I just had a magic wand and I was like, you know, five, four, three, two, one, oh, you're in your dream body with your current habits, behaviors, routines, you know, the way you like to live with the values, the things that are important to you, hand on heart, how long is that body going to exist for? 
do you have the habits set up? It's like suddenly like inheriting like a business without having built that business. Like, is it going to continue to thrive or will it like quite quickly crumble? So I just want women to get much more interested in creating this blueprint, this new pattern of living. Forget about fat loss, like literally forget about being your skinniest self or the smallest version of yourself. Park that somewhere really far away trust the process that loving yourself more deeply, making um, decisions that line up with the type of person you want to be. And all of us want to, you know, it's still January. So often there are like fitness goals around being a person who does nourish better, who does move more, who does train, like start voting for being that type of person quietly, gently, other things will be shifting. But I think we're so impatient. And what you and I are trying to sell as coaches is this kind of, you know, we're talking about lifestyle change. We're talking about meaningful change. And it's not as sexy as like a belly fat drop a dress size in 10 week challenge. Unfortunately, we can't find a way to make it sexy. I just I've I've thought about it. I've (laughs) thought about it long and hard and, you know, lose (laughs) like be patient, take your time, learn the process. It's not really sexy. We don't want it because we want this like instant gratification because we're, if you think about it, right, our lives are pretty much like that right now. We get Amazon, we get things like the next day, we get, you know, I could go and do a food order and get it delivered in a few hours. It's just like these small things that our expectations of things coming so so fast now or like, but it's reminding ourselves that our body isn't Amazon Prime. Unfortunately, that's think... a great quote there. Just uh, there. Yeah, no, <laughs> I think I actually did put that on social media a long time ago. But yeah, it's not like and I, I wish I wish it could. But it's like what you say, even if you did drop 10 pounds in like, I don't know, a week or whatever. Like, yeah, that is doable. Y- you can do that. It would be hor- like horrible. Um, it probably wouldn't be fat loss. It would be a lot of water. And you wouldn't have what you were saying. You wouldn't have that basis of like an understanding of how to maintain it's So if your goal is fat loss, it's not fat. That isn't the goal. It's fat loss with maintenance. And I think that takes time. Um, yeah. uh, you know what? We, we need to find a really sexy way to make this because it there's just I don't I've not seen anybody find a really sexy way to promote what we do <laughs> I mean what does like contest to the fact that this is the best way is the fact that it's the quickest way so if you are looking for like a quick fix it is a mindset change but like the women that I work with either in group coaching or one-to-one you know they're astounded when they start doing the real work and it is the real work it's the real work at looking at because you know I would say that there's like four fundamentals when I'm coaching and I think we're really similar but there is the training obviously there's the nutrition yes there's the movement but the last pillar is mindset and it's getting your mind involved in this change it's actually creating identity shifts and actually starting to vote for this new identity this new person that you want to be and you have to do these things like all four of them like consistently imperfectly over time to actually make meaningful change and I know that we both work with our clients for you know years like they're not going anywhere and the feedback that you know I'm getting from um, the women that I work with you know 
their relationship with food is improving, their relationship with their body is improving, they're starting to really respect their body for what it does. So when you were talking about performance was really important to you. So actually, one of your values is um, obviously, you know, being a good runner, like you want to be able to run you, you love it, like Claire does crazy things. If you don't know Claire, Claire like, <laughs> runs for like, I don't know, miles and miles and does ultra marathons and crazy things but that's what you love and yeah. actually so from a health point of view you need to be fueling it so you can engage in this behavior that you you know love for the rest of your life so when you were living in your 13 percent body fat where you were being praised for your abs actually you and you had no cycle you were pulling minerals out of your bones um you were probably losing muscle so obviously your performance was getting worse like your body was having to like eat its own muscle to fuel the thing that's most important to you because you weren't looking after you very well and as a result like the one thing that you love doing wasn't even very good anymore so but we can get just stuck in our heads can't we and I, I remember you told me you met someone like at a race once and you know again people feel particularly maybe in your world like that they can comment on body size um like I think I was even chatting to someone about um I'm gonna do a triathlon like a really little one but he was like oh you know like people who cycle they're often living you know in smaller bodies than I would be living in oh yeah they'd be much tiny and you know instantly it kind of clicks in and I know you had a similar thing about running like ultra marathon runners are often living in teeny tiny bodies because you're having to take your body mass over masses of diff distance aren't you so it's easier if you're not carrying lots but it's very triggering as a woman to yeah. hear those types of things and actually we need to start asking is it true like actually wow. I, yeah, I think when I started to do the work on improving my relationship with food and body image and exercise as well, I actually did do a bit of a dig deep on like that narrative that I'm telling myself, like, is smaller actually better? And I had to really think about races and this, I just remember this one race where a guy in like, he was in like this huge what was what was his outfit it was like a rhino or something and he must have been like I don't know how many kilos more than me and he had this big thing and he was beating me and I was like do you know what and actually the heavier that I have been in my running over the last say five years I'm you know stronger got yeah. power I've got muscles I've got I've got energy because I'm eating like food and it's like oh yeah right this is it then <laughs> yeah. and it's quite powerful because actually when you do start to like actually fuel your body appropriate to how you're wanting your body to perform like that's a nice health and it's a much healthier relationship so as soon as you like the women I work with I'm like forget about restriction like forget about less food I actually need you to think about more like more nourishment more variety like every time you dish up look at your plate where could you improve it like what extra little token of love can you put on that plate because in the same way that when you go into diet mentality and you're thinking less less on that subliminal level you're telling yourself you're not worthy you're not worth it you don't deserve it you deserve less you need to shrink 
when you reverse it and you dish up and you're like, actually, how could this plate of food serve me better? Like, oh, I'm going on a run later. I'm going to have a bigger serving of carbohydrates because I need that readily available energy or, um, you know, I'm having a sedentary day, but I'm going to get maybe some more fats on my plate because I just want to feel quite satiated or, you know, whatever it is. But when you start thinking like even those thoughts, they're coming from a place of kindness they're coming from a place of I'm worth it so you keep voting for being worth it not that you need to shrink uh you're actually thinking like how can I yeah love myself even more deeply like what does this plate need and then conversely what happens when you start doing that and you change and reverse your mindset is you naturally stop engaging in some of those less desirable habits, like, you know, that kind of rummaging around an hour after eating because you weren't really satisfied by your rice cake, which just had... Oh, no, like, that's, that is not a token of love. Not a token of love. And I think, you know, so when I'm when I'm getting people to let go of skinny and I'm getting them to like park it, like you can acknowledge it. You can get really curious about it. You can, you know, and I know you and I are both really into journaling tasks and Claire looks like you've got brilliant like prompts and things on your blog posts, but it's really good to start getting really curious. And like you started unpicking it. Isn't it interesting that when I'm fueling myself better and nourishing myself appropriately for, you know, the performance I want, I do much better. And actually, it wasn't true. You're not the best runner when you're 13% body fat and you're probably not the best mother or the best partner. I expect you were a freaking nightmare. I was horrible. I was horrible (laughs) to be around. I was very cranky and, yeah, did did not like life that much. And I think, like, going back to, like, then seeing performance, I think that that's a great way to change this narrative that we that smaller equals better it's actually like changing that letting go of like the skinnier like that term and being like hang on a minute what can my body do what's like switch it to performance goals because when you like learn something I think that for my clients like when the ones that come to me in person, when they come into the gym, the first thing they see if they're new is this squat rack and they're like, there's no way I'll ever do that. And that is like a secret thing that I'm like plotting. Like I'm going to show <laughs> you that you are badass. Yeah. And then when they do it, they're like, I am strong. I am powerful. Like my body is amazing and I'm so proud of it. And you change this narrative like, I am worthy. Look at my body. Look what it does. This is, there's nothing better than that adrenaline of like doing something that you never thought you could do. And because obviously if you're, you know, if you're fueling yourself, like you said, you have the energy to do that stuff. Yeah. And then you're building lean metabolic muscle. And I, I, you know, I mean, Stu like chatted about this, I think it was just last week, but it's like, if women were much more, like if we'd all got much more kind of not obsessed, that's the wrong word, but much more interested in getting stronger sooner, we'd all be living in like different bodies anyway, but they would be more metabolic bodies. Because again, when you're looking at shrinkage, you know, you're not just losing body fat. And when you go on these quite, quite extreme or restrictive diets, 
you're actually breaking down your lean metabolic muscle. You, you know, you're breaking down like the, the tissue that you need that is becoming more and more difficult for you to um, gain muscle as you get older. So like literally you're, you're kind of just doing your future self the biggest disservice when you have this aim of fat loss in the absence of getting more metabolic muscle and to build muscle we all know that you need energy so again that's why I think just shifting that focus like getting much more interested in having like a performance goal because that again is going to entail you getting stronger getting fitter hopefully you know having some resistance training putting down some muscle like for women there is you know there's nothing that should be more important in most women's training than thinking about how can they gain some more lean metabolic muscle it's going to make living in your body so much easier it's going to make your quality of life so much better it's going to help with your hormone regulation it's going to help you like turn up in every single sphere of your life better because just like you said like I um have started seeing a PT and you know I'm lifting up really freaking heavy things and like it feels amazing to do hard things and when you start doing hard things the other hard things that happen in your life you're like I'm badass I can like I can do hard things so it's that whole mentality and I do think it's like a domino effect sometimes the movement has to happen first and the training and then you start to get really interested in feeding yourself better I do feel like that's quite a natural transition so, you know, if, if you're someone who starts your day with 10 press ups, you're not likely to go down and drink your kids cocoa pops because you've just reminded yourself that you're worth more than that. And at least, at least if you're going to do it, sit down and have a whole bowl and enjoy them mindfully. Um, but as in you just start to have a new respect for your body when you see it doing incredible things. So it's not incredible to stand on the scales and see that you've lost two pounds because it might have been you just went to the toilet. It might have been, you know, you haven't drunk any water and you're a bit dehydrated. It could be many things that have these little fluctuations. But going from a box press up to your knees, that isn't going to change the next day. Like you can start to rely on some things that you measure and how much stronger you're getting, how much fitter you're getting, how much quicker your 5K is, how much heavier your squat weight is. These are reliable metrics that are meaningful to your future self. Whereas we all know if we've been tracking scale weight, I mean, I used to be able to bounce around about hot, you know, like literally six pounds in a day. Oh yeah, like depending on where I would be in the month, like I could easily, yeah, go. I mean, I would say maybe like, yeah, about four, four kilos, I would say. Over. <laughs> it, like it could go like really fluctuate. And, I, and obviously like train, like training is another thing as well. If you've had a heavy training session, like that can affect you. And I think people don't really realize like there is so many factors that go on, on your weight, the scale weight, um, but yeah, you are spot on with the, you know, lifting weights and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you'll have fluctuations in that depending on your energy levels or whatever. But generally speaking, like, you know, you can see the progress or feel the progress, the, the difference in the how it feels and the exercises Like you can't no number, no data can take make you see that like you feel that. And you are right. Like I. I see this so much with my clients and it is one of my favorite things about coaching is when they see that all these things trans like far into their lives. Like yeah. you see them like 
oh I'm more confident now applying for jobs that they like speaking to like their VPs and like like just insane like you're just like yes you're a badass woman and you are going for it you're actually just going for it like you're you're saying like no to things that you don't want to and you're saying yes to the things that you want to it's just like super empowering and like freeing it it like you you get that sense that they're free and you're like oh my heart I can't I love it I'm just like you know when you get those check-ins and you're like oh my god I can so proud my beating heart I'm so proud of you yeah yeah lovely like and I think the things you know I think, you know, I've been a coach like right back in the day who probably did use scale weight, but, you know, I quickly realized it wasn't leading anyone to anywhere happy. Whereas now if I get a check-in and it's like, oh, actually I had like a really lovely uh, visit to McDonald's with my kids. And actually I managed to enjoy guilt-free, a really lovely meal with them, like demonstrate to them that I'm not on some faddy, weird, restrictive diet. I, well, actually, once you give yourself permission to eat McDonald's, it becomes much less enjoyable. But as in, <laughs> you know, again, just like check-ins like that fill my heart with joy because they'll be like, I had it, it was guilt-free. You know, maybe I didn't even really enjoy it. Maybe I really did. But I just went back to my blueprint of behaviors and I realized that, you know, these kind of, you could have majority and minority eating habits. You can have foods that just are good for your soul, but, you know, they're, having this kind of complete permission and getting really curious about the (laughs) apology that's my dog and my door oh that's okay that's okay (laughs) (laughs) that's quite a long time (laughs) that is totally okay um Uh, i've actually managed to quieten him down quite quickly sit down um But yes, like, you know, that is like the magic and freedom and flexibility, because I think the problem with like real strict diets is there is no flexibility. And when there's no flexibility and there's a lot of rigidity, it doesn't take much for you to kind of like be on or off the diet, on or off, you know, like, oh, you know, you've fallen in the fuck it bucket and you may as well carry on and reset tomorrow. So when I start getting check ins, which is like, oh, actually, at the beginning of my day, I know so-and-so brought in this and I really enjoyed it. But then actually I just went and had my normal lunch. I had my normal evening meal. I didn't try and like cut back because I'd had a bit of brownie. I realized that my body needs consistent nourishment every day, no matter, you know, no matter what minority behavior I might have engaged in or whatever. But just having that kind of bigger holistic view of your nutrition and your movement and your training just being this kind of more holistic flexible fluid thing and like you and I said life is busy and sometimes you have to turn some burners down sometimes you can turn some burners up um and I know you were telling me about that and I thought that was really yeah I think that's I mean that is one thing I like say to clients it's not about turning a switch on and off it's about a dial and you like you sometimes you have to you know put a bit of concentration on something you turn that little bit up and sometimes some things just need a little bit of a dial down and everything is kind of fluid and we kind of go with the flow it's like that holding on to that control and that perfection you think it's because you know when you have perfection straights you you like think that that is what is going to be the driver if it's perfect I'm going to get that perfect result when actually that perfection can hold you back from 
potentially doing things totally because you're scared of it not going right or it's just too much control that it does affect your relationship with food exercise body image and it's trying to come back to that place of self-compassion speak kindly to yourself come away from like the shame the guilt because it gets you nowhere and it just makes you feel horrible um and like I know that you're like quite similar like coach to me is like that's just not our bag like you know that it's we're not going to speak to people like that because it doesn't get people anywhere does it and we want people I like I personally want my clients to learn how to then speak compassionate towards themselves you know and I think sometimes you need a little bit of encouragement and even to know how to do that as well like how do you do that um it's having the confidence to have that autonomy as well because I think people lose trust in themselves and I think if you are listening to this and you you know you don't have like a good relationship with food or you don't have um a fantastic body image you probably don't really trust yourself either. So you almost want to outsource somebody else to kind of tell you what to do because you've stopped trusting yourself. You don't trust yourself to make good decisions. You're not to be trusted around certain food items in the house. They have to be out the house. You know, you can't really be trusted to like show up for your workouts. You probably need someone to kind of tell you to be there, you know, you've kind of farmed everything out. You kind of probably want someone to just give you a shake or give you like a really rigid meal plan or, you know, but you actually, if you are that person, you need the exact opposite. You oh yeah. Who's going to get back their autonomy, who starts to check in with themselves before acting to start trusting themselves to make decisions that line up with the goal they've chosen. Cause everyone, you know, and again, I would say everyone leaps to a fat loss goal. And I think it's, it's unpicking the why. And I know you and I both do a lot of kind of like, what are your values? What's important to you at the moment? So we can align things more clearly, but then giving people, you know, a safe space to start exploring it. And it's never going to be linear. It's not, you know, it's not like doing this work is simple or straightforward or it just goes in one direction. It's a real kind of iterative process of trying things, getting curious, being really compassionate about how you're responding. Um, but doing this means that you're never going to start back at, you know, step one. Like even if you kind of feel like, you know, you take a break or whatever it is, you have still done some of the real meaningful work on your mindset, on your beliefs, on the things that you hold true. Because so often these stuck narratives are what keeping us stuck in just repeating these failed dieting habits and patterns. And just, you know, oh, it's because I'm addicted to sugar. It's not because no. you're <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Easier, like to be addicted to sugar. Like, yeah, let's let's just go with that. Um, but it's going to be massively keeping you stuck. And I think, you know, this is what makes our coaching so different. And I think it's what makes it so interesting for us as coaches, because we're going to hold that safe space for you to start exploring some of the things, because I talk about women coming with all this baggage, all of these like mixed up beliefs, like carbs are bad and like sugar should be banned and carbs are life. (laughs) I need to to, like excessively work out to get results. I need to, you know, it's like, well, actually you've held all of these beliefs for maybe 20 years. Um, They haven't served you. 
How about we just try something completely different? We start getting you trusting in yourself. We start getting you feeling like you're more autonomous again in your body and that you can start making nudges and choices that you know shift in the direction that you want to go not perfectly but you know I love the word like nudge shift doesn't have to be perfect overnight but just cumulatively you start to trust yourself again and it's you know you have to stop waiting for somebody else to kind of do this work for you because it's really personal I think yeah you're spot on there I mean the thing is even if somebody was to do the work for you or to like constantly like message you and constantly say like you need to do this you need to do this it won't really fully sink in until you actually learn that and you make the mistakes and you start to learn to own your choices without guilt and it is coming to that place of like own your choices you're not always going to choose the thing that is going to maybe be helpful and that is okay because it's like it's like that thing of I was working with a client who would say you know oh I'd always um overeat and you know and we broke it down and actually it wasn't that often that she overate but then it's come to that realization that we actually all overeat at some point and we all because we all emotionally eat at some point but it's being owning that saying hey I'm going to emotionally eat right now and that's okay because I'm going to meet myself with some kindness Um, I'm going through an emotional time and that is okay and then yeah. I'm generally speaking I know what my diet is you know I've got that groundwork there and yeah. that is what I'll get back to straight away and it's yeah. like it's at the time though when you're when you initially do that stuff you're like no way am I ever going to get to that place because you've spent like you said you it might have been like 20 years of your life thinking like oh I'm just an emotional eater or I'm a you know it's these labels that we put on ourselves isn't it yeah it's what you're telling yourself I'm I'm this I'm that I'm that thing that I don't want to be but I'm going to keep telling myself I'm that yeah yeah I'm just yeah exactly that like I'm somebody oh I'm not somebody who enjoys exercise it's like hmm yeah Again, yeah, this is really interesting. And I kind of, with most of my one-to-one clients, we probably are coming from a place where those pillars, those four pillars I spoke about, none of them are probably properly embedded. But actually the movement one and the training one is really interesting. And I think often we're waiting for motivation. We're waiting for, you know, I'm just going to wait to like feel motivated to start, but it's the starting that creates motivation. And I love it. And um, yeah, I'm thinking of a couple of women I'm working with, particularly at the minute, and both of them, when we're having our Zoom calls recently, are asking for more. And these are women at the beginning who probably wouldn't have, you know, said that they were, they wouldn't have had an identity of someone who trains. But now they're like, oh, actually, I'm ready. I'm wanting, I'm hungry for a more challenging workout. I'm, you know, looking forward to increasing my weights. I'm, you know, actually your body starts to like, when you start to give it back some autonomy, when you start to respect it for everything it's done for you, everything it does for you and everything you want it to do for you. And you start treating this lifestyle change um, with love and like how you can look after yourself better, not diminish yourself, but actually future proof yourself, give yourself superpowers, kind of create your muscular armor or whatever it is. Like when you shift the focus to trying to be the best, most nourished, kind of most health seeking version of yourself rather than shrinkage. 
Yeah. Like it just changes everything and your body starts talking to you and you start to notice that when you are fueling your body appropriately and you are looking for tokens of love in your meals, your snacks, you're always thinking about more that you're not addicted to sugar anymore. And, oh, actually you do quite enjoy moving. And when you didn't move, you had a really shitty day and actually you felt rubbish and you weren't very um, you know, you weren't as good at work and you weren't as attentive and, you know, all of those things. And actually with your training, you missed a training session and actually you really missed it. And it it just starts to shift everything. And it's, it's like, it is, I often use um, the magic wand emoji, but I'm like, it's the magic, but you have to trust in the process and you have to trust in the process and stay in action long enough to see the results you want to see. Because I do think if we create this pattern that you love so much, you let the body composition work itself out in the background because it will be doing that. And that's what I think it's the harder sell when you're not like a fat loss coach, but you have to be like, I get that you want that, but trust me, let's get these actions in motion. Let's get you into action and just like see how it works out in the wash because ultimately you have to want to look after the body that you're living in and if you've created this pattern of habits that are super restrictive a training style that you absolutely hate um you know really restrictive nutrition and you know way too much movement you know life will happen or something will happen and it will all fall to pieces and you're just you then really are back to square one whereas instead just kind of find this harmony, find this lifestyle that can run alongside your real life. I'm not anti pursuing fat loss, but my question to clients is, do you have the fundamentals in place? And when the answer is no, I think we've got it the wrong way around. I think we need to kind of, we need to start with those basics. Yeah. And I think like, I'm not anti fat loss either. Um, I'm not anti, I think I sit personally in the middle somewhere because like, let's be honest, we all want to look good and feel good naked but it's the point when it's a detriment to you know when we go to the extremes and it's exactly what you're saying if we get the fundamentals right the basis of our nutrition the basis of our movement we have all our habits and behaviors and once you have that basis like yeah those things naturally they come as a they come as part of that um, and without having to really put the fixation on it um it will happen and it will happen long term and it happens around your current lifestyle too which I think is where we kind of slip up sometimes because you know we are trying to force like say a, a, a training plan that doesn't fit with our lifestyle and then you just have this like total mix of everything and hoping that it's going to happen in six to eight weeks when it's like what are you doing now what free time do you have? Let's work with that. Let's just change your mindset on a few things. Let's just change slowly. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like when you are, when you allow yourself that patience and you remove that kind of fixation of that end result as well. It's permission to kind of find your happy, isn't it? It's permission to kind of get really curious about where where you think you're going to find it to actually the, the reality and I often say you know it's just we probably got like a really unrealistic ideal in our head that kind of keeps us trapped in a diet trap and keeps us kind of busy keeps us kind of like a bit self-absorbed and a bit too kind of preoccupied with food which actually doesn't serve us because that just feeds all of our yo-yo diet habits 
Um, and then maybe we've got lifestyle that does need to adjust. Like maybe it does need to be a bit more health seeking to future proof ourselves, to love ourselves a bit more. But both of them just need to kind of shift so you can find that nice place where they can coexist. You don't have this dissonance of always feeling like you're self-sabotaging. You know, the reason you're self-sabotaging and not kind of moving yourself towards, I don't know, I can't even think of anyone like a Kim Kardashian body or whatever. It's because you haven't <laughs> taken the time really to think about you know, your real why. And so frequently, and you used the word earlier, it's about how do you feel in your body? And so frequently, you know, like everybody's on a diet, like the, you know, the word diet is just like the way of nourishing your body, your way of kind of like your lifestyle, your way of living. Like everybody has a diet, but I think um, going on like a typical kind of restrictive diet or a diet of kind of just focusing on what you need less of, is actually going to be breaking down your body image. So it might be that you are living in a smaller body, but you might actually be feeling so, so much worse. So you're not feeling better in your body. You're not feeling energized. Um, and I think that's why often I'll use rating scales. Like, how do you feel in your body right now? What's your relationship with food like at the moment? Like rate it out of seven. Like they're the things I want to measure because I don't think there's a direct correlation. It's not just, oh, actually now my body's smaller. I feel so much better in it. If anything, if you've been engaging in dieting behaviors, it might be that like to all intents and purposes, external people would be like, oh, that your body is really enviable, but you've got such a broken relationship with it that you're scoring right down on a two out of seven. Whereas somebody who's done a bit more work, has found they're happy, might be living in like a bigger body, but actually they might score much higher. I think it's what, like what you were mentioning there about find you're happier. Like one thing I think that helps people realize that they're happy right now as they are like instead of like seeking when I get to x I'm going to be happy like I'm going to be happy when I think is quite a dangerous sentence yeah, to tell yourself yeah. so I think like you know coming back to practicing some gratitude and realizing like what you have in your day-to-day -day is be grateful for and that you're happy and all that kind of stuff is like super super helpful if you're always like seeking 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 yes yes a hundred percent because yeah you have to be and actually I have that on like when people join up with coaching it's like it's total acceptance of where you are now yeah exactly yeah that kind of like I am you know and thinking about all the amazing things your body does for you and zooming out yeah I think it's I think that's a great way to finish the podcast probably because we could probably go on I think I we, could, we could we could we could I mean we could just go on for hours which I'm sure our listeners would really want to listen to think but... how many steps if they put us in their ears at the beginning like this is probably like a good 6,000 podcast <laughs> I reckon so I reckon so well I mean we're just gonna have to make this happen again <laughs> well thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast and thank you Katie for taking the time to come on the podcast as well it's hugely appreciated and I really hope that listeners have taken something from this episode that helps them in some way feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at coachedbyclaireofficial or my website coachedbyclaire.uk and you can also contact Katie on her Instagram which is West Beach Challengers which I'll put in the uh, show notes as well Looking forward to meeting you again on the next episode. Thank you.